Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. Good morning. It's lovely to see you. I can't remember the last time that I was speaking to everybody. So um, I don't know what kind of week you've had. But I was really blessed by that worship. I really felt that God was uh, ministering to me. And today we are going to be looking at um, the third in our um, church values. And our value we're looking at today is responsiveness. I really felt in the worship, because I've like, done lots of thinking about responsiveness and I really felt over and above everything I'm going to say now you know when God just goes no I want you to say this that God wants us to say it wants to say to us right at the beginning that he is responsive to us I felt I felt uh, God's tender heart towards us this morning. So as we kind of, we look at this value, I want you to keep that in mind, that everything we're looking at, that God is responsive to you and to your needs. Okay, so as I said, we are looking at the third part in our series based on the values of the culture of the church here. And on your chairs, I know they're on your chairs because Will and I put them out this morning, you've got the um, mission action plan and I am going to read right at the beginning. I'm going to read the section which says responsiveness or being responsive. We're responsive to the changing shape and nature of church and neighborhood. And we take time to continually adapt our models of ministry and mission to reflect the changing context. We're happy to experiment creatively in mission and ministry. And we recognize that fruitfulness is not always based directly on short-term visible outcomes. We want to make sure that our outreach and compassionate ministry is based on real rather than perceived need. And we want our church ministries to give expression to the variety of gifts and vocations of our members, not fitting people into a predetermined model. So that's what it says in our mission action plan. It's the third of our values. The first of our values Graham talked about was being rooted. So rooted in prayer and worship, rooted in loving God and loving others, rooted in God's family here in the church, both locally and then nationally as part of the Church of England and then around the world. And then Sarah, last week, talked of the second of our um, values, which was the value of being relational. 
And she gave that wonderful analogy of being in a choir. I love that. Where we all have our individual voices, but then we learn how to sing together at the same time. But then the third one was about how we harmonize because we're not all the same. We're different. We bring different things to the church, and yet we work together. And she compared that to um, Paul's analogy when he talks about the church as a body. And here we are today thinking about the third value of being responsive. We are responsive both to God, to the people around us at church, and our wider community. But it's, well, it's really important to understand, I think. I've worked in a lot of organizations, and some of you probably have too, where they do have mission statements and values. They call them espoused values. So they're the ones that you express and you talk about and you make reference to. The definition of, of an espoused value is this, a value that a person or a company or an organization or a church declares to be believed or desired. And these expressed values together bring shared purpose among people and a sense of community and often a clear sense of identity. So that's why we talk about values. But it's really important to understand that if those values which we express are not then lived out in reality, then we have a bit of a problem because we can say that we're rooted or that we are relational, or that we are responsive, and yet on the ground, perhaps we're not. Um, there's a very famous business writer, or he's, he helps businesses to improve, called Patrick Lencioni, and in his, one of his books, he talks about, a good example of this would be a company that has equality, as one of its values. So we think everybody should be treated the same. We have equality. And then he goes on to talk about how there was a bit of a downturn, and so everybody's wages needed to be sort of shaved off a bit. But the only people's wages that were shaved off um, were the, the main body of the people that worked for the company and not the company directors, those who are earning the most amount of money. And you can see what the problem is right there. We can have espoused values, but if we don't actually live those values out in real life, they are just empty words. But we're lucky because we have Jesus as a model for our values, all the things that we're, those three things that we've been talking about, being rooted, being relational, being responsive are all characteristics we see in God. 
And, and Colossians tells us, I'm going to read this, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and by him. He's before all things, and in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. And then Colossians says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So when we're thinking about our values responsive today, but rooted and relational. We can see those values in Jesus because he is the one that we look to. We're not just adopting values that we've just pulled out of the air. It's really important to understand that by looking at Jesus, we are going to see a model of what we are supposed to be becoming so I'm going to quickly go through those two passages or the two stories that we read from Luke. Because when we look at how Jesus was responsive in those incidences, we begin to understand how we can be responsive. So the blind beggar, the context was that Jesus had just, just before on his journey, had just tried to explain to the disciples that, um, that he was going to, he was heading to Jerusalem, he was going to be arrested and tortured and then murdered on a Roman cross. And, and as often we see in the gospel accounts, the disciples didn't really take that on board so he just had that conversation. He's walking uh, to Jerusalem, but he is just outside Jericho and he meets the blind beggar. Now, the blind beggar is outside Jericho because he's isolated from his community. So, and it seems that he's on his own, but he can hear, sort of, he can hear a lot of people coming, walking up the road and asks what's happening. And somebody says to him, well, Jesus is just coming. And this is where we see the need in that the blind beggar decides he's going to shout as loudly as he can, Jesus, Jesus. And then the people around him go, shh, be quiet. But he's like, he's not having any of that. So he's shouting, Jesus! And Jesus' response, it says, is that he stopped. Jesus had a lot on his mind. He had a plan. He had to, somewhere where he was heading. This could have been a distraction. 
But he stopped. It seemed like nobody else wanted him to because they're all trying to shut the, the beggar up. So he stopped in his response. But then you would think, maybe if it was us, we think, oh, well, clearly he's blind, so he wants, he wants you know, prayer for, um, to receive his sight. But Jesus doesn't assume that need. He asks him, what do you want me to do for you? He doesn't assume that what we think, what he thinks the man wants, that that's the case. He treats him with dignity. And the outcome, the needs were very obvious in this case. Jesus responded to the need of the man. He stopped. He spent time with him. He asked him what he wanted. He did want his sight. And Jesus prayed for him and he was healed. But Jesus wasn't afraid to be interrupted. He had his plan, but he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to be interrupted. Some of us might have thought it was an inconvenience. Jesus wasn't afraid to be inconvenienced. His response was centered around his love for the individual in front of him. And for us, sometimes we meet people or situations where the need is obvious. There's an obvious need in this situation. Somebody's homeless. Our response, we can help them to find a home. It might be a, an event. I was, um, in, when I was at college this week, I was uh, talking to somebody who was involved in supporting the um, emergency services as they were responding to Grenfell. And even now he talks about how harrowing that was, even though he was kind of twice removed almost from that situation. Sometimes there is an obvious need from a person or from a situation, and we fulfill that need as the church, or we try to. Because that's what we see in the life of Jesus. Now the second um, story we have is the story of Zacchaeus. The context is probably the same day. So it, Jesus is now not outside Jericho on his way in, but he's walking through Jericho. So it's probably around supper time because later on Jesus does ask Zacchaeus if he can go to his house to eat. This person He's a very different person. He's not poor and marginalized. Sat on the, the side of the road with nothing. 
Zacchaeus is incredibly rich. So we might look on that and think, this person has everything. He's incredibly rich. He's got this really powerful job. He's not just a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector, so he's in charge of everybody. And he wanted to see Jesus. But he was very short. I know how that feels. So he decides that he's going to climb a tree to be able to see Jesus. Now, in this case, the need is not so obvious, is it? He's not in the tree shouting, Jesus, look at me. I'm trying to see who you are. He's just quietly, he's trying to, it's almost like he's trying to stay out of trouble. He wants to see Jesus, but he wants to remain a bit anonymous. He's up in the tree because actually, even though I said that he's not marginalized in the way that the blind beggar was, he is on the edge of his society because people don't like him because he was a Jew that they would have thought had sold out to the Romans by doing a job for the Romans by collecting taxes. But he wasn't drawing attention to his need. He was quietly sitting in the tree. And this is where we see that Jesus notices him. With a blind beggar, it's hard to miss him because he's shouting, his need is obvious. But in this situation, Jesus is aware that this man is in the tree. And again, he stops. Jesus is prepared to be interrupted in order to meet the need of this man. Sometimes needs are not obvious. And that's why we need to notice each other and the people around us. It's important to be looking out for people. There was a situation probably about, well, just over a year ago when I was um, at a different church. And... um, It was at the end of a service. I was just stood outside and just, I often was just kind of surveying the scene, um, noticing who was talking to who. I'm a bit of an introvert, so at the end of services, I'm not like, I don't necessarily go straight, straight in to talk to people. I kind of hold back for a bit. And I noticed this one lady on her own with a toddler, And nobody was talking to her. Um, I didn't recognize her. So I just, it's that noticing, we noticed. So I went over and as I said, hi, I'm Louise. Um, She started to cry. And she'd been involved in a really difficult situation that we were able to help her with. But it's having our eyes open to notice. Being responsive is about noticing the people that maybe the world wouldn't notice. 
so it's understanding the, the obvious needs and responding, but also looking out for those needs that are not so obvious. So the, the main points I want to bring out, the first is that Jesus was prepared to be interrupted. Are we prepared to be interrupted? Sometimes we have like things that we've got to do. Sometimes we can't or we have to fulfill our responsibilities. There may be a meeting that we're going to. There may be something that we can't miss. But actually, Jesus was God, Emmanuel, God with us, and he was prepared to be interrupted and maybe inconvenienced, actually. It, being responsive may be mean that we're inconvenienced. Now, how does that feel? So to Jesus, being responsive meant listening and noticing. How are we going to be people that listen and notice others? Jesus wasn't persuaded by those around him who disapproved. So in both those occasions, and with the blind beggar, the people that it said led the way were telling him to be quiet. They didn't want Jesus to be distracted by this man. But Jesus didn't pay any attention to those people around him because he wanted to respond. And it's the same for Zacchaeus. As soon as Jesus stopped and was talking to Zacchaeus, they, the mumbling started, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Why is he talking to him? Doesn't he know who he is? He's like he's a traitor. Why is he talking to him? But Jesus wasn't persuaded by the voices of the culture, of those around him, he wanted to respond to this person. I, I noticed this really clearly this week. There was a, and I just happened, I was going home, um, and I happened to bump into again another, another young woman from, that I knew from uh, a different context who had, had a really difficult life, actually, and um, she had an addiction to drugs, and uh, she was addicted to alcohol. Um, I I I haven't seen her for a while. I just happened to bump into her as I was going into the train station, and she looked, I I can only say, she looked terrible. She was stick thin in a way that I'd never... Her eyes were all sunken in and her clothes were dirty. But I remember, I remember, because I hadn't seen her for ages, I just went up to her and like gave her a big hug and said, how are you? I could tell how she was, but, you know, the opportunity to be able to 
for her to say how she was doing. And for the first time, I noticed the looks of the people around me. That kind of, you know, almost like shocked that I would come up to somebody who looked so um, depleted, actually, and like, you know, respect, you know, what's a respectable person doing? Kind of like hugging somebody that clearly looks unacceptable in the eyes of the culture. And I notice the looks on people's faces. And sometimes when we respond, we need to be prepared to like not look, not pay any attention to that. Not because Jesus didn't pay attention to the people that were trying to get him not to fulfill his ministry. But the most important thing, I think, in in all of this, as we're thinking about being responsive, is that Jesus' responsiveness came from his love for people. He loves people. He loves us. He is responsive to us. And when we are responsive to others, we are a reflection of our Father in heaven because it's really easy to think, it's really easy to um, give yourself a hard time, isn't it, about, oh, well, I should have done that, and I didn't do that, and I should have been more responsive in that situation. Oh, Lord, help me, help me. And then we just like, in our own strength, we strive and we struggle. And yet it's clear in the word of God that the more time that we spend with Jesus the more we become like him. So becoming responsive comes from beholding Jesus. I would really encourage us, because sometimes when you speak, you can like... It can seem like we're trying to say, you should be doing this, or we should be doing that. Or, but actually, the truth is that God loves us and wants to spend time with us. And the more time that we spend with him, the more we become like him. Because trying to do all those things in our own strength is exhausting But Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit and our relationship with him to help us to listen to those people, to help us to notice the people that other people don't. And it is the same when it comes to our gifts and our abilities. Jesus helps us to notice gifts in in people and to encourage them, to use them within uh, the church and in the wider community. The closer we are to Jesus, the easier I think it is to learn, to listen, and to respond, and to notice. 
So I really, what I'd like us to do is to spend just maybe 30 seconds. I want you to think two things. The first thing is how can I, what can I change in my life which means that I am beholding Jesus more? Might that be reading the Bible a bit more. I'm all, I always, in my Bible reading, I'm always reading a gospel because in the gospels you see Jesus. And if Jesus is God on earth, Emmanuel, then, then I want to see what he was like. I want to be like that. So think about, the first thing, think about how you can behold Jesus more. What, were, what ch- small change might you make? And the second thing I want you to think about is how can you be responsive? Responsive to individuals that you know, situations at church, We say that we, we love our kids and we love our young people, but we're struggling to, to find people to work with them. So to those two things, I'm just going to take a few seconds more. How can you behold Jesus more? so that you become more like him, responsive like him? And how can, what small thing can you do to be responsive to the situation that you find yourself in? Lord, I thank you today that you are responsive to me and to our congregation. Father, you meet our needs. You see them. You also help us to call out gifts and abilities and opportunities Would you help us this morning, Lord, to behold you more? And as we behold you, transform us, Father, to become more like you. And as we become more like you, Lord, would you help us to respond in the way that you do? Knowing that you love us that this is our training ground, our training ground to love you and to love those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. 
New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.